Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to I Am Unwell. I'm your host, Madeline Oletti. How are you today? Are you all doing all right? I've just been a cluster of emotions all week. I'm today to this afternoon. I'm about to go on a plane to Florida. I'm not a good traveler. I know I've mentioned that before on the show. (laughs) But I have been a bundle of nerves about it all week. I've never flown with a toddler before. So that will be a new experience. It's going to be fine, though. It's going to be fine. We're visiting my husband's family for Christmas. So it'll be a really good trip. I am looking forward to it. It's just the, the getting there that sucks. So, you know, I guess that's what makes me unwell today slash this week. (laughs) How am I well? Or what's going well? Hmm, I'm really proud of us. We really cleared out our fridge. You know, like the worst thing is when you go on a trip for a little over a week and there's still food, perfectly good food in your fridge and you know it's going to go bad. We did a good job. We ate that all up. So yeah, that was a really quick unwell and well for you today. And it's a good thing that I kept it quick because this topic is, I have so many pages of notes. I'm honestly, I'm so excited. So I want to dive in. Today, we're going to be talking about love languages and it's a doozy. I just hit my vacuum cleaner. (laughs) I'm sitting on the floor. You know, the people who are just floor people, if there's a perfectly good couch or a chair, they don't sit. They just, they're floor people. That's me. I'm, I'm a floor person. Anyway, the five love languages, in case you didn't know, are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. The guy responsible for this concept, his name is Gary Chapman there's a P in there, Gary Chapman. (laughs) His first self-help book on the subject, The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate, was published in 1992. And since then, he's written books about the importance of these love languages within a marriage, with your kids, and even within a workplace. This book, the first one, has sold over 20 million copies and has been translated into 49 languages. So I went to his website, Gary Chapman's website, and immediately I got weird vibes. I didn't like how he looked. I didn't like his smile. And I was like, I need to look more into this guy. And my weird feelings were validated (laughs) once I did a deep dive on him. So unfortunately, though, not surprisingly, when you look at him, Mr. Gary Chapman is um, an armpit stain of a human, in my opinion. And according to a very scathing Medium article that I found about him, it was written in March of 2021. So relatively recently, this article stated, After 30 years of writing, Chapman has indeed proven himself a devout homophobe and overall bigot. Which was spicy. (laughs) So it turns out that this guy has no counseling degree, though he has presented himself as a marriage counselor professionally for years. 
He also tours the country and hosts seminars. So he's making bank without any real credentials. It's also alleged that he stole his ideas about these five love languages from real therapists. It's also very clear that his intended audience for his books were white, straight, Christian families. He published all of his work under Christian literature and with a Christian publisher. Listen, I'm not here saying that it's bad to have an intended audience, especially with having published the initial book in 1992. However, he republished the book with a secular publisher in 2010 with some minor content changes, including the title of the book, which if the word mate made you feel weird, yeah, it made me feel weird too. So I'm glad he changed that. But like, what was he trying to do? I just, I don't know. I get the ick when people try to broaden their audience insincerely. You know, like if you really want to branch out to the LGBTQIA plus community or talk about interracial relationships or any black and brown people at all, then where in your large library of books are they? If you had time to write about the fucking love languages in a workplace, I just feel like you had enough time to write books pertaining to other very relevant relationships in our society. Anyway, yeah, I, I just feel like if you want to cater to your own people, then go off. Yes, that is your audience. Just don't pander to the rest of us like you actually care. Ugh, bigot or not, the man does have a quiz on his website, and I am just a little slut for an online quiz, okay? <laughs> Now, honestly, the quiz surprised me. I thought I knew what my main love language was, but according to the quiz, I was wrong. Before taking the quiz, I thought that my love languages would be in this order of importance. Gifts, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, in that order. Turns out my actual results, according to the quiz, which to be totally frank with you, it just kind of asked the same like three questions in a bunch of different ways. So grain of salt. But the quiz told me that my order is actually acts of service, quality time, receiving gifts, words of affirmation and physical touch. So I was right about the last two. And then those um, top three were just kind of swippity swapped around. So I found that really interesting. But wait, a second Gary enters the chat. Although it may be pronounced Jerry. Gary, Jerry, his last name is Karantzaz. K-A-R-A-N-T-Z-A-S. Gary Jerry, he has a PhD, currently a professor and director of the Science of Adult Relationships Laboratory in the School of Psychology at Deakin University. He's also a couples therapist and was the former national governor of the, this is a very long um, group name, are you ready? Australian Psychological Society Psychology of Relationships Interest Group. So the dude has credentials, okay? And he said that despite the popularity of the theory of love languages, only a handful of studies have been conducted and reported over the past 30 years. And in fact, 
The research that has been done based on responses from undergrad students is suggesting that there may be six love languages. Three studies, including one that actually used the Chapman love language quiz, the one that I took online, have found that couples with matching love languages were no more satisfied than couples who were mismatched. However, a more recent study found that partners with matching love languages experience greater relationship sexual satisfaction than partners with mismatched love mismatched <laughs> mismatched love languages. The love languages do have some value. For example, love languages can promote selflessness. When you're committed to learning someone else's love language, you're focused on their needs rather than your own. And ideally, both parts of a couple, both people in a couple, will want to try to express love in a way that is meaningful to the other person. In doing that, love languages can also create empathy. As you learn more about how your partner experiences love, then you can learn to empathize with them. When you are learning and using the different love languages in this way, you increase your emotional intelligence. And again, that's putting someone else's needs above your own. These love languages can help you maintain intimacy, enough said, and love languages can aid in personal growth. Maybe you weren't normally a person who puts someone else's needs above your own. Maybe that's something that's new to you. And in doing that, then you are growing as a person and you're just ascending into better personhood. And when you're the person on the other side of that, receiving the love language that you desire, it makes you feel appreciated and, and noticed and cared for. The key really is to regularly communicate with your partner, your children, your friends, your coworkers. <laughs> you need to communicate what your needs are to feel cherished, heard, and loved. And then you can all practice each other's love languages to build better relationships everywhere. Now, some criticisms, and I know we criticized Gary, but we need to criticize these love languages too. Some say that people can get competitive about using love languages, which can actually end up straining a relationship. For example, if partners are keeping track, keeping a tally of all the times that they use their partner's love language and compare it to how many times their partner uses theirs, that can get unhealthy. And Truly, I mean, point blank, when you're looking at these love languages and you're putting them into categories of importance, it implies that some are not important at all to the wellness of a couple. And that is so far from the truth. All of these behaviors should be present in a healthy relationship. Words of affirmation, supportive statements are a fundamental part of a healthy, loving relationship. Physical touch, pretty self-explanatory, except <laughs> when Chapman talks about physical touch, he really highlights his devout Christianity by distinguishing that for men, sexual acts are a form of physical touch, yet he intentionally excludes any mention of women's sexuality, which is just like, mm, great. <laughs> Receiving gifts. In Chapman's books, especially the ones that he writes for men specifically, it he talks about this ridiculous belief that women are intrinsically materialistic and that they need validation through items, which is like big eye roll. 
quality time. If a couple is not spending time where their attention is focused on their partner, then they've got problems far beyond a self-help book. (laughs) You need to spend that time and focus your attention on your partner. And acts of service, he loosely describes an act of service as like cooking breakfast. But that's so misrepresentative of the true nature of an act of service. It shouldn't be something that's like a normal part of your daily life. Like somebody's got to make breakfast or go pick it up because you have to eat. So it has to be something that's out of the scope of normal everyday responsibilities and chores. Now, earlier I mentioned that there's talks about adding a sixth love language. From what I understand, Chapman has not signed off on this at all and it emerged without his consent. But that sixth love language... I'm sorry, I'm so stuffed up. (laughs) The sixth love language is distance. And I think that's a really good addition, in my opinion. Because what if a person is a solid introvert, and they really just really need some space? Or what about if a person is on the autism spectrum, or they have PTSD? Maybe a person has like chronic migraines, and they feel most loved when they are allowed to go sit in a room alone with the lights off. I think, yeah. Distance is an awesome addition because truly loving someone, I just think it shows a lot of respect for your partner if you're able to give them that distance. I also think it's important to mention that a person can desire a certain love language for themselves, but maybe they speak a different love language to their loved ones. Also, your most desired love language can change over time. I don't know. I just think that's important to say. (laughs) So while doing all this research, I came across a woman named Beth Rowles. She's a certified conscious parenting coach. And she wrote this article called Five Love Languages Debunked. And I didn't get to do really a deep dive on her. She also kind of gave me weird vibes. But she did talk about this idea that neither love language alignment or knowledge of a partner's love language increases relationship satisfaction, but relevant self-regulatory behaviors do. While the love languages can be used as a tool, a couple's accountability for their emotions and behavioral changes contribute the most to their overall happiness. She does see that love languages can be used as a tool But a couple's accountability for their emotions and their behaviors, doing that contributes far more to overall happiness in a relationship. So what is self-regulation? It's the ability to control our thoughts, emotions, and behavior. It's the ability to regulate our nervous system. And I mean, yeah, like you need to have accountability for when, you know, just big, big emotional blowups aren't fun for either party. So holding accountability for yourself and being able to see when something has gone too far. I don't know. I don't I don't like how I'm phrasing that, but because I listen, I have some big emotions. <laughs> and I I do. I, I need to take time after the fact to think about it and then come back and apologize or mostly just kind of clear up like what was going on in my head at the time so that it doesn't feel as much of like an attack because I can get I, I can get loud and um while it's something I wish didn't happen. And I do feel it's gotten better over the years and I catch myself faster um, having accountability for that and not just brushing it under the rug is the most important thing 
for me in my relationships with people. Something else that this lady, um, Beth, yes, Beth, what she was talking about um, was how the love languages can be flipped onto yourself as an act of self-love. Practicing self, I can't even say it, practicing self-love is really important in your happiness, not only for yourself, but also in your relationships with others. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, or if you're not, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Right, RuPaul? Right. So here are some ways that you can use the five love languages to practice your own self-care. I'll go through all five. Acts of service. Say that you're exhausted from doing everything for everybody else all the time. Try your best to divvy up those chores to... What's the word that we use at work when you ask someone to... I want to say deviate, but that's not what it is. Delegate. Yes, delegate some of your work onto somebody else. And if they say absolutely not, no ma'am, then screw them. (laughs) Also, stop being a yes man. Stop saying yes to so many things and over-serving other people. Put yourself and your family first. Moving on to quality time, as it pertains to your own self-care, say that you're out of touch with your own connection to yourself. Things you could practice are journaling. Maybe read it back or even listen to yourself. Honestly, doing this podcast gives me a lot of quality time with myself that I didn't necessarily know that I would enjoy so much. So I'm grateful for that. Give yourself time to process what's happening in your life. Think to yourself, are you present when doing activities that you normally enjoy? Do you have different friends or groups that help you feel connected to yourself in different ways? Like, are you a part of a club? Do you play a certain game that just makes you feel really grounded and happy to be you in that moment? Yeah, just spend quality time with yourself doing the things you like to do. Physical touch. This one I was like, well, I can think of one obvious way. (laughs) If you have toys, I don't know. physical touch but then it was like saying this could also be meditating this could also be spending time in water maybe you go and you you buy yourself a massage get a mani pedi snuggle your kids or your pets gardening or outdoor activities which makes sense like if you're like you know putting your hands in the earth and feeling the dirt or if you live by a beach and you can go and play in the sand build a little sand castle that is physical touch when you really think about it it's not just (laughs) dirty (laughs) anyway um words of affirmation ask yourself do you pump yourself up are you your own biggest fan Have you surrounded yourself with people who build you up and who remind you about how awesome you are? You got to do that. I got to do that. I'm really bad at that. I I do not put myself up and it's something I need to do. Uh, Stop yelling at me about it. And then finally, receiving gifts. Listen, (laughs) I'm really good at this one for myself. My latest obsession has been the miniverse lifestyle balls you can find them in the toy aisle at any like big department store and you make little miniature fucking things and they are so cute i have like little mini potted plants and little mini fishes in bowls you guys they're so cute but 
Buy yourself things that spark joy. Are you healing your inner child by buying yourself toys like me? I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. But go, If it doesn't even have to be anything expensive or really big. Like, buy yourself some flowers. Buy a little bouquet. Get yourself that cinnamon roll. Okay? Buy the little things that spark joy. I love giving myself gifts. <laughs> okay. Oh, that went a lot faster than I thought. I also talked really fast. I'm sorry about that, y'all. <laughs> but to uh, sum everything up, Gary Chapman is responsible for the five love languages. He wrote it in a book in 1992. Very, very popular. Is he the greatest person on earth? No. Are the love languages getting clapped back at? Yes. And there's lots of criticism. But are they still a a really useful tool at the end of the day to better connect with yourself and your partners? Yeah. Especially when we're talking about using them on ourselves. I just really love that. It's something I've never thought about before, like using the five love languages on myself. So if anything, I'm taking that away from all of this research that I did. And I hope that you can show yourself some love today. Show the ones you love some love today. My sources came from the 5 lovelanguagescom VeryWellMind.com, Medium, BethRowles.com, and the Greater Good Science Center at University of California, Berkeley. I hope y'all have a great rest of your day. <gasps> Merry Christmas! If or happy any of the holidays that you celebrate, all of them, all the holidays, and stay well. <laughs> <laughs>